Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, Horticulture Educator with University of Illinois Extension, coming at you from Macomb, Illinois, and we have got a great show for you today. We are going to be talking about how dry it has been getting lately. Uh, so I'm going to be having a conversation with my co-host with me every single week, Ken Johnson, Horticulture Educator in Jacksonville. Hey, Ken. Hello, Chris. It's getting dry down here and definitely having to start to water a lot. Uh, a lot, yeah. i for me, it has become a, a daily routine or ritual now is getting the hose out, unwinding it, getting it to the plants, winding it back up. Uh, I, I've actually resorted to, because it, it's happening so early in the year, I'm going to burn out. So I resorted to just throwing a bunch of my pots under the trees in the shade um, just because I'm getting tired of watering already. It's It's taking its toll. And it's we, not even June. We don't even wind up our hose. It just lays out on the deck and in the yard. <laughs> I I get in trouble for that. So I gotta <laughs> wind it up. Yeah. Oh, I it's 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 required required by the old boss, the wife. Yeah, yeah. I curse myself sometimes as I trip over it on the deck for not mm -hmm. rolling it up, but I still don't do it. So yeah. And that's why I'm required to roll it up is be the tripping hazard that results. Also, the dog likes to chew on stuff. And so I kind of have to keep it out of her reach because if she's outside and she gets bored, she's just going to start chewing on it. Fortunately, we don't have that problem as of yet. Not yet. Well, Buttercup will learn. She's like, oh, there's water in there. Get a nice, cool drink. Burn my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ken, we have been getting more communications lately from our state climatologist, Trent Ford, about the, the kind of worsening conditions in terms of drought that Illinois is, is currently facing. And as we look at our extended forecast, uh, there is not much rain in sight. Actually, we are seeing uh, an increase in temperatures. And so I'll, I can just report from Macomb, and that's a fairly accurate assessment. We have not had much rain in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and even the rain that we have received, it's come as kind of intense storms. So a lot of runoff very quickly, not as much infiltration. Um, and and right now it is is very dry. Are you seeing the same thing in Jacksonville? Yeah, same thing, not a lot of rain. Um... I think looking at the forecast, mid to upper 80s, low 90s, the next 10 days. I think we've got one day where we have a chance of rain, but it's only a 40% chance. I think they're calling for less than a tenth. So, yeah, hot and hot and dry, which is not good for your plants. No. And when we look at uh, Trent Ford, so Trent does have a, a blog um, that we're we're reviewing right now, and we can put a link to that. Uh, right here. Um, it's the state climatologist.web.illinois.edu uh, blog something. There's a better link. Ken will take care of that. Right, Ken, in editing? I will do that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so there's a bunch of numbers after that. But um, anyway, the blog has several models and, and graphics about the current uh, precipitation levels. And Ken and I were chatting before the show. You kind of have to retrain your brain just a little bit, because in in this case, the heavier rainfall levels, which is is a kind of a good thing, is what you want to see is in red, and the lower rainfall levels 
which we don't necessarily want to see is in green. So kind of have to retrain your, your brain to, to see those, those colors inversely, because when we look at weather maps, for us, green is, is good. It's a nice rainfall. Red is a, a, what we don't want to see, which is uh, severe storms. Yeah. It took me, I had to look at it a few times before I could finally wrap my head around what was going on. And when we look at this map, so right now I'm looking at the multi-sensor precipitation. Um, and this is kind of over a 30-day period here, March into April this past. I mean, it looks like we there is a band traveling kind of from Springfield and then traveling southeast of decent rainfall. But really throughout the rest of the state, we're seeing uh, a lot of deficiencies. I, I, I ironically or not ironically, but but interestingly, uh, it looks like where Cook County is and then uh, down south where St. Louis is. So those collar counties, they are in some of the more severe uh, or lowest rainfall events. And so, you know, if, if folks are up in the northeastern part of the state or the southwestern part of the state, it is significantly drier there, it seems, than than other parts. Yeah, and the, the Springfield area it seemed like when we were getting rain, every time you look at the radar, you know, just like skip Jacksonville and all of a sudden blow up in between Jacksonville mm -hmm. and Springfield, which was which was a little frustrating when we needed the rain and we never got any. That can be frustrating. I, I know it. I, I don't know how this how this equates to weather radar and all that stuff, because it feels like you can look at the radar and see that happen. But but our colleague, Dwayne Friend, he says, oh, is, weather doesn't usually do that. You see the clouds off in the distance and they're actually farther apart than they look off in the distance and clouds don't part because they don't like a certain city or something, but it feels like it's happening. It's, it's taking it personally now. There's a force field around Jacksonville, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so kind of current conditions we are seeing, at least when we look at some of those more urban areas. So St. Louis, the uh, urban uh, East Metro area, Cook County, they have less had had less than 50% of their annual rainfall. Um, and I think if we jump even farther back in the time last fall of 2022, we had a very dry fall then as well. We actually went into winter under a uh, probably not a severe, but anywhere from a slight to a moderate drought in portions of Illinois and, and Western Illinois, especially as the drought from last summer bled from Nebraska to Iowa into the western part of the state. And so we started in a drought. We had a mild winter, which didn't lead to much snowfall accumulation. So we we didn't have that that groundwater recharge, I think, that we would typically have with slowly melting snow. And now here we are, very dry spring. Um, yeah, it, it's so we we it's this has been a year in the making, it seems like. Yeah, and on that post, he's got some information on like soil moisture levels, and that's, uh, where is it, in Monmouth, and that's way down uh, compared to where it normally is at as well. So just another indication that, that things are getting dry, the soil's drying out. Yeah, and it, it looks like as we, we get into the coming weeks, we are, we are starting off June into the 90s. Uh, it, it looks like, so Ken, you said right now, today as we record, May 30th, it's 91 in Jacksonville. Is that right? Um, Feels like 88. Well, it's 89 right now. Yeah. 89. 89. One, 157. 
if you're standing in a parking lot it's like 90 some degrees in jacksonville right maybe now. 100 maybe 100 it's yeah. nice and sunny <laughs> um and i i guess we we should probably talk about why this why why is it kind of a concern right now why are we getting so many communications and um from what i've gathered we're at kind of a critical point for at least when we think of the large scale agriculture uh Corn and beans, for the most part, in our part of the state, have, have just been planted. Seeds have germinated, and so we have seedlings in the field. It's a critical, I think, point. They don't really have a, a significant root system. Uh, there's no canopy cover over the soil, which means the soil dries out quicker. Uh, so there might be that threat where the seedlings um, pass that permanent wilting point. There's not enough soil moisture. And, you know, farmers might have to replant some places. Yeah, and, and we'd see the same thing in the garden, too. You know, if you're planting your your tomato transplants, things like that, you know, they don't have that well-established root system. All of a sudden, things are drying out. They can't access some of that water. Direct seeding stuff, your corn, your, your green beans, things like that. Depending on when you got those out, those may be seedlings or probably are seedlings. Uh, so, so seeing the same thing in, in gardens potentially too. Um, I know peas I have in my garden, I got them planted a little bit late, but those are starting to fill. Um, and that's one of the critical stages for those is when your, your fruit production or your pods are filling, you need to have water so they can do that. I noticed some of my radishes have started to bolt. Um, these are some of the, not the round ones, but the longer, um, more carrot shaped, which are supposed to be a little bit longer to harvest, but I don't think I'm gonna get them full size just cause it's getting, so hot and dry some of them are bolting so mm -hmm. yeah so for vegetable gardens if if you're not irrigating right now that would definitely be a, a struggle keeping those young plants going um especially as as fruit begins to develop and for some of our warm season crops like our tomatoes and peppers you know you we might be at that stage now where we're going to start getting flowers develop which with our tomatoes once we get above 90 95 degrees those flowers are not going to be pollinating themselves it's too hot and you know oftentimes we have this window in june where it's not up in the 90s and that we wait till july till we get there but that's not the case this year and yeah and you're not going to get good color formation was <clears throat> in mid 80s and higher lower 80s that that red if you're on red tomatoes that red color just doesn't form so they're just going to be kind of an orange orange color you're not going to get a nice color on them either and then you've got a chance for more um sun skull just because it's it's so bright and hot and, and all that other stuff yeah we'll we'll probably see a lot of physiological leaf curl with tomatoes which you know a lot of times it, it's related to temperature but it's often mistaken for like herbicide damage or insect damage uh but it's it is just a physical condition of that tomato plant and and hot weather um and so just things to be mindful of. Uh, Ken, when it comes to other things to keep an eye out for um, in terms of water, we mentioned vegetable garden. Um, what other things should we be doing in our landscape for, for irrigating? Like, is this, do we need to worry about turf grass? Does anybody need to worry about turf grass? Depends on how much you like turf grass. <laughs> ah, that's a great answer. <laughs> it depends. Yes. Um, but yeah, if, if this is the time yeah, if you have, you've got a cold, cool season grass and you want to have that nice green yard, you're going to be dumping a lot of water mm -hmm. on your plants because it's getting hot. 
which they normally would cause them to go dormant and it's getting dry. If you are going to water them, you got to keep at it. Don't let them go dormant and then rebring them back and you know, do the yo-yo there. You're going to stress your plants out and, and cause some problems with them. Yep. And I'm thinking about all those trees that were planted on Arbor Day. Like, do I'm guessing people, if, if I had a tree that I planted on Arbor Day and I had to choose between watering that tree and watering my lawn, I'm watering that tree. I, I'm going to let the lawn go dormant. Although I will say it is a little early for a cool season lawn to start showing signs of dormancy. <laughs> it's, it's like, ah, I feel like I almost need to water just because it hasn't had much of a spring yet. But yeah, we were in uh, Pekin this weekend for a soccer tournament and all the grass there was getting a little dry and crispy. I'm sure part of that's because it's athletic field just got a lot of compaction and wear on it, but they were they're looking a little crispy in, in places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've noticed too, with the, the wind that we've had recently and also the, it has been warm, but people keep saying, Oh, this is a desert heat. It's a very low humidity, which is not normal for us here in Illinois. There's usually a higher humidity. Um, Maybe we could credit when the corn and soybeans are, are growing, it creates that, that humidity dome over the state, but those plants are little seedlings right now, so they can't create that humidity dome. And the so it it's been kind of a pleasant uh, weather so far, at, at least for uh, some of us. As, as pleasant as eighties and nineties can be in May, <laughs> yeah. I'll say that, um, Ken. When we think about watering techniques, uh, how, how do you water stuff in in your uh, yard and garden? Uh, so say do as I say, not as I do. Um, okay. but we do okay. the <laughs> so with pops, we just use the the handgun to water those. Uh, then vegetable garden, we've got an overhead sprinkler, which is not the most efficient because you're getting stuff evaporating. A lot of times we're doing it after work because that's when we can get it done instead of in the morning like we should be. Um, yeah, we just got that overhead sprinkler. We just move around the garden to to water as we can. Um, you know, ideally we'd do that earlier in the morning uh, so those leaves can dry off quicker, but yeah, do it when you can do it. Yeah. The plants are thirsty. They need a drink. You know, if they're wilting, give them some water. Yeah, yeah. And like in our vegetable garden, we do the, the rye cover crops. We've got that down as a mulch, which helps, um, which is going to help retain some of that soil moisture where we've planted plants though. We've, we've got that area cleared uh, and then, you know, things we put in rows, sweet corn, things like that. We've got those rows opened up. So that's drying out pretty quick. We're not getting some of the benefits of the mulch. Uh, so hopefully we get those things up and it kind of, that canopy filled in so that the air, the, that exposed soil isn't drying out uh, as fast. And we've even mulched some of our potted plants in bigger pots. Again, just to kind of slow down that water loss and stuck my finger in one of the dahlias we've got mulched. Um, and we watered those on Friday last and that's still got some decent soil moisture in there, whereas the other ones that are just bare potting mix, those are dry up to my, mm -hmm. my top knuckles. So, Yeah, in terms of, of water strategies, sometimes you don't even need a hose. If you can get mulch on that garden or if you want to mulch on top of the pot, I, I've even gotten to the point that I'm, I'm tired of watering some of these things. I've moved my pots underneath the trees and I have taken some some wood mulch and I've actually mounted it up against the pot 
it's called healing in. Um, and, and that's just a strategy to sort of insulate around that container so it doesn't dry out so quickly. So mulch can be really useful, whether it's like a wood mulch or with Ken's using, uh, it's a cover crop type mulch. Um, there's, there's, there's ways to do this without having to necessarily employ some type of irrigation system. Yeah, and then, you know, as far as watering goes, typically want an inch, inch and a half of, of water, whether that's rain, which we haven't gotten, or doing it yourself. And if, you know, like we're doing with the overhead sprinkler, um, you could set like a tuna can out, something like that, let that fill up to that inch, inch and a half level, then time that so you know how about how long you need to run that sprinkler so you're getting adequate water mm -hmm. on your plants. Um, and then yeah. going back to trees, you know, we talked about trees this year, but even you planted trees last year or two years ago, depending on how big they are, you still may need to be watering them, especially now that it's getting dry. So mm -hmm. keep that in mind too. Yeah. Yeah. We have been doing uh, this program where we've been planting 25 oak trees and we've done this like three year, two years in a row now. And I, I need to go check the trees we planted last year because I, I think it's, a little too dry for them right now and they'll probably need supplemental water so that's uh, 25 oak trees it's a lot of buckets of uh, kitty litter that i need to haul in the car so but the mulch helps they've all been mulched and so that does help insulate that soil there and, and in terms of volume for trees um as much as you can give them i would say uh, especially older more established trees um but for the most part when i'm watering trees out in the yard if it's a younger ish tree and I, I, I will typically take a hose out and I will set it to a drip and I will put it somewhere about two feet away from that trunk or you can put it out at the drip line of the canopy. There are feeder roots in both those zones. And I move that, that hose, which is dripping every about 20 minutes and I'll leave it out there for an hour, hour and hour and 40 minutes or so, maybe two hours. So um, it's a very slow, delivery. It's almost like a drip irrigation type of delivery rate for those trees so that the water doesn't just run off. Uh, it, it has time to soak into that soil and saturate it. Yeah, because you were just standing out there with a hose and hold it there for 10 minutes. Yes. You're not, you're not doing a whole lot. Yes. <clears throat> so I, I have my kids water sometimes and the, the rule of thumb for them, and it works really great for the, the five-year-old, is the count to 10. When they're doing like perennials or, or vegetables or something so each plant count to 10 and i noticed that the counting to 10 gets faster the the longer it <laughs> takes and so pretty soon it's one two three ten um and then they're tired they're hot they're ready to go inside and so that that means i get to come in afterwards and finish watering do, do it again yeah and that's true with grown-ups too we get tired of watering um, so I actually at our extension office here, we have a drip irrigation system and we got that set up last week. And one of the nice things with trout, so long as you're irrigating your vegetable garden is that the weeds are struggling because with the drip irrigation, it, it waters right in the root zone of that plant everywhere else around it. It's, it's drought, it's dry. And so our weed problems have been much less this year because we haven't had that, that spring precipitation that we normally have. So one benefit of drought, so long as you're irrigating and we're not on water restrictions, the drip irrigation does help in that regard. Yeah, that's on the, the never ending list of things to do is add some drip irrigation. Yes. And maybe next and year. 
next year. And Ken, we've we've talked about this. We've you've seen how it works, and so um, you'll. It is in your future. It'll happen next year, <laughs> if not this year. Maybe I'll come on over and we can set one up. Back from vacation in there, will be. Mm-hmm. It's uh, drip irrigation kits are like Legos for grownups. I love them. One of the things that. Uh, Trent Ford, our state climatologist, he would he is making this ask of folks across the state is to report their their current conditions in terms of of weather and 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 what are you seeing in your part of the state. There's a couple ways to do this. Now on his blog, they talk about um, you can just email him if you want to. He puts his email here on on the website. Um, there's also the I love this acronym COCORAS. Um, is a is another method for reporting local climate data. Um, the one that I would like to show everyone, though, and so if you're watching this on YouTube, we can walk you through this right now, is the National Drought Mitigation Center's Conditioning Monitor Report, or CMOR for short. Um, so this is through University of Nebraska, uh, and, and this is a pretty simple thing uh, in terms of what you can, can look for uh, submitting a report, we go into the, the page here, and as it loads, it's actually an ArcGIS map that is a survey, um, so it's pretty handy. It will ask me where I am, and then you can tell it to either find you or just type in your zip code or whatever. So it, it has found me. Uh, I am located on that part of the country. We can zoom in. Yep, I'm sitting right there. That's where I'm at right now, uh, the McDonough County Extension Office. Uh, and so then you can select where you're at, Illinois, County, McDonough, the date. And, and essentially it, tell, it wants you to answer the question, how dry or wet is it? And it has a scale of severely dry, moderately dry, mildly dry, near normal, and the same for the wet stuff, mildly wet, moderately wet, severely wet. Um, and then, well, I guess, uh, Ken, what, what do you think? I, in my opinion, I feel like where I'm located, I feel like we're moderately dry, but I'm also torn between mildly dry or, or, cause I can only ratchet up one more to severely dry. Yeah, I would lean towards mildly yeah. dry here. And, and there are descriptions for each one of these. If, if you're not quite sure, um, you know, what might what you might be fitting under. So I would say we're mildly dry, which means growth may have slowed for plants, crops, or pastures. Soil is somewhat dry. Local plants, pastures, or crops may not uh, have fully recovered if conditions change from drier to wetter. So there, there might be some, some permanent wilting that does occur here for which plants don't, do not recover. Um, but yeah, I'd say we are, we're just one tick below normal right now. But I think once we get through this next week of no rain, 90 degree high temperatures, I think this might tick even farther down the scale of from moderate to moderately dry. Um, it's gonna ask you, how long have you, are you familiar with conditions? I've lived where I'm at for more than 10 years, almost 11 years now. So I'm gonna put that there. Um, trying to think how many times have I seen it like this in the past? And I feel like we've had a couple really dry springs in the past. So never once, twice or more or other. I know we've had at least two dry springs since I've lived here, um, but that, that's about as much as I can recall. And it was most recently like this, actually last year, we had a dry spring last year. Um, and 
I'm kind of how localized or widespread I'm saying throughout Western Illinois, I could probably clarify that even further by saying, hey, it's it's more in the Macomb area or more McDonough County. Um, but I, I have been traveling from Adams County up to Knox County, and it's kind of been the same in, in all these locations. And then there's a lot of other optional stuff to report, uh, including crop production impacts, livestock impacts, municipal water supply impacts. So you can talk about fire impact, forest impact, wildlife. There's all these things that you can report on. Um, all of the citizen data, you can upload photos, um, you know, describe how this, any drought conditions have impacted, uh, you know, what, what you're looking at here in the photo. Tell them who you are. I, I get to check the extension or, or farm service box. Um, and then you create a display name, and this will be posted on a map for other people to, to look at. So um, pretty neat in terms of that you can report your own weather data and add it to this community science uh, group. And so this data is used, and Trent does want people to be doing this if this is at all possible or, or in your, your abilities to report your local conditions because they want to know um, very much the, the detailed boots on the ground specifics. It's like a pretty painless process. Yeah, I, I, it looks it looks pretty like it would be pretty simple to do. Um, something that you know, especially if weather is your life, like if you're in agriculture, if you grow food, if you grow plants of any shape or or size, weather is you you basically live by it. Once those plants are in the ground and growing, I I know that's. I'm always looking at the weather app now this this time of year, just like what's what's happening this next week. And so it becomes a big part of everything. Well, that was a lot of information about kind of what might be leading into uh, an early summer drought. Uh, and again, we're not really sure. We will only know until the conditions play out and we see what happens. Um, so that should be, well, it should, just should be interesting to see how uh, the models stack up against um, what is uh, what does happen. So the Good Growing Podcast is a production of University of Illinois Extension, edited this week by Ken Johnson. And a special thank you for Ken Johnson hanging out with me, uh, talking about the weather for uh, almost like half hour, 45 minutes. Ken, thanks for, for chatting about the weather. Thank you. I'm going to go get ready to start watering the garden this evening. So turn into my nightly ritual here, I think, pretty soon. I'm going to go dip my knuckles in the ground and see how much water I need to put on those plants myself. Yes. Don't lose yourself in any cracks in the yard. Mm -hmm. Turn your ankle. <laughs> and uh, let's do this again next week. Oh, we shall do this again next week. We have a Garden Bite episode for you folks. Uh, and so look forward to that one. It's going to be a busy summer. We're looking forward to everything. Uh, so busy. I got to go water some plants now. So listeners, thank you for doing what you do best. And that is listening. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, watching. And as always, keep on growing.